Okay, guys. Gremlins 2. I'm telling you, this movie <laughs> should write itself. The first one was a classic. This should be pretty straightforward. Basically, all we're doing is maintaining the integrity of the original picture. We want to do all the stuff with the water and the... Uh, can we help you? I'm sorry. Let me introduce myself. Hi, y'all. My name is Star Magic Jackson Jr. I'm the Hollywood sequel doctor. So studio just brings me in to oversee things when they about to drop a deuce. So that's why I'm here, but don't mind me. I'm just gonna be over here. Y'all do your thing. It's your movie. Okay. Uh, let's brainstorm. Adam. Uh, if it's gonna take place in an office building, I was thinking, what if uh, Gizmo gets wet from a water cooler this time? Okay, hold on a second. I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to step in here just one second, sweetheart. So what's wrong with y'all? Y'all looking like a bunch of sad sacks. This is G2, people. We writing Gremlins 2, it should be a party with pizza and anchovies, pineapple. Just come on, lift up the spirits. Look, okay, I'm gonna put a little bit of spice into the mixture here. What if we did this? Everybody here gets to design their own gremlin. Um, I, I don't see that the, uh, the gremlin design is broken. It's called brainstorming, not brain drizzling, sweet pea. Okay, shut your mouth for a second. Look, here's the thing. None of this is final. So you mean like, what if there was like a brainy gremlin? <laughs> a brainy gremlin. You talking about a gremlin with glasses who could talk and sing New York, New York? That's brilliant. It's in the movie done. Whoa, whoa, you, you said that nothing was final. That was before I heard the words brainy and gremlin in the same sentence together. It's done, I love it. It's in the movie next. What about a uh, spider gremlin? You mean a gremlin with eight legs and a thorax just catching pretty ladies in a web in an office building? Oh my God, it's in the movie, I love it! Next! What about a bat gremlin? You mean a gremlin with leathery wings just flying around, flip-flopping, bust through a wall, make a perfect bat symbol in the wall, get outside, get in some wet concrete, jump up on a building and just dry in place like a gargoyle gremlin? We are cooking with gas now. I love it, it's in the movie, next. Could there be a female gremlin? Lipstick, boobies, bitch, you have me and little gremlin but JJ. I love it so much that it's not only in the movie, but it's definitely in the movie. There's no backseats on that one, no penny taxis. Yes, 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 in the movie, done! That's why we need a woman in the writer's room. Next. I don't know, a googly-eyed gremlin? But you do know, because you talking about a gremlin whose sole purpose in this film is just that he looks stupid as fuck, yes. It can be in the movie, and it is in the movie. Done. Next. What about you, Silver Fox? Um, electricity gremlin? You just said noun and gremlin, like you playing Mad Libs. You just like a child. You have the brain of a child. You do not have a high IQ, but you haphazardly came up with a gremlin that's just made out of bolts that is zigzagging all over the room and is done completely in animation. You a crazy person, and your idea's in the movie. Done. Next. Uh, can we put the Hulkster in it? What? You talking about putting Hulk Hogan, professional wrestler turned actor, turned cultural icon in the movie where he break the fourth wall of the movie he's in by talking to the audience. You, sir, are a raging psychopath. Don't let this down, take that away from you. That's it, I 
don't even care anymore. We got the holster in this bitch, so it's done. I don't have any more time. So let me just recap right now. It's Brainy Gremlin, Spider Gremlin, Bat Gremlin, Lady Gremlin, Googly Eye Gremlin, Electricity Gremlin, Hulk Hogan's gonna be in the bitch. I'm gonna throw in a gremlin myself. Vegetable Gremlin, just write it up. I'm having so Why much not? fun, thank you. It's all gonna be in the actual film. Now I gotta go put some cowboys in Back to the Future 3. Sayonara, y'all. Oops. No. Okay, you guys know that none of that is going to be in the actual movie. gentlemen welcome to the film find the greatest movie podcast ever assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before i am your host adam portress we're back yet again and i'm joined as always by matt smith hey everybody we're here we're here and we're doing it again it feels like we were just recording a podcast <laughs> the other day matt yeah that we were there how about uh, that yeah hero movie huh almost like it was two days ago uh so i always feel like that even though it's a full week <laughs> even though it's a full week you're like jesus so haven't we just and we watch another cruddy movie already and we're in the fucking oh jesus fine fine we'll do it again who cares uh but matt well, you were actually on uh here movie podcast last week or this week rather and you'll be on next week as well I will be uh, about Punisher. We're talking about Punisher next week. This Warzone, week. not the Warzone. Yes, thing. not the other not one. Good one. Um, <laughs> that's to be debated, uh, uh, <laughs> and we uh, debated on the show. So why don't you go and tune in there? But uh, if you're coming from Hero Movie or Hero Movie Podcast to here, first of all, welcome. Second of all, watch out for the language. It's going to be a lot saltier over here. Just so as you know. Although I will say, I've, I've just noticed that we've been a lot fucking cooler on this side with the language. I think we have. Than we let on. Well, yeah, we try, well. Like, it does come very fluidly as it just did, but there are early episodes of this podcast where we are just like, uh, I don't know, uh, like, if you if you were to take whole chunks of it, it would sound like, uh, like, Charlie Brown's mother. Yeah, there if are. You to try and censor it for like a minute and a half. Yeah, we. Uh, that's because we're smarter men now, Matt. We uh, we fill our words. That's not true at all. I'm just shut I up. Yes, I will say, and I tweeted this out uh, to Marty this morning. Uh, like recording the Punisher episode, it was incredibly hard for me to not just call him a badass all the time. I think yeah. badass you could have gotten away with. I mean, maybe we, we said stuff I didn't like even similar. Want to do it. I didn't even want to do it because I was like, nope, I'm going to fucking figure this out. I'm going to say what I need to say. You could have thrown in uh, Banff. I think Banff would have been fine. (laughs) 
Yeah, I could have. Little Banff action. People would... Um, I, look, man, we call tits chowder buckets, for Christ's sakes, on this show, so... <laughs> It's it's not to say that we haven't come up with creative things to call other things. Prostitutes well, I, are ladies who do the stuff. I know that. So but I, every once in a while, I like to just give myself a challenge. Well, that's one, to, and I have to do it. But it was so hard because like a, he is just a badass motherfucker, man. Mm-hmm. And you could say that here all you want. Uh, so I did. Th- this week, good job. <laughs> this week, we uh, we got two new release reviews for you. We thought we were going to get three, but we'll talk about kind of, well, what happened. Um, and I, I, you <laughs> We know. may have to drop our hashtag. We're not going to. We still <laughs> will watch garbage. Yeah. Now, Look, there's only sometimes. so much we can do. And, you know, sometimes you don't want to kill yourself. I mean, yeah. you, you know... I mean, it was, it's, uh, I will say this. I feel as good about this decision not to review that movie as I did when we didn't do that, uh, like horse riding movie with, uh, Brit, uh, whatever her name is. Yeah. 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 The, I, the little ago. rodeo thingamajig. Yeah. Yeah. We I don't feel bad about that one. Yeah. Who, and here's the thing. Uh, so, so for those of you who don't, who were tuning in for the first time, last week we said we're going to watch uh, We Are Your Friends this week. Uh, we did not do so, and no. apparently no one else did either. So it's not like we're going to be reviewing something that people the are... That we did so abysmally. They're not uh, waiting on pins and needles going, I wonder what they thought of the movie that no one fucking saw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, the answer is we didn't, and no one, and neither did you, so let's not waste each other's times. It, it opened in, I'm not shitting you, 14th place behind Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. So, so, Damn, so, that's rough. So that means that people who heard that Fantastic Four was not worth your time still chose to see that movie <laughs> over We Are Your Friends. They got there and they're just like, which one of these wastes of time do we want to go to? Yeah. This one seems like less worse. I've heard bile just <laughs> dripping from the mouths of everyone who's walked out. I'll go see that before a Zachary Efron EDM, uh, you know, showcase. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we're not talking about that. This week we're going to be talking about uh, the end of the tour and also... Um, no escape. No escape. I always, I keep wanting to put words in different places there, and it's never right. Uh, so we're going to be talking about both of those movies, and... Um, one is getting a lot of love at the uh, as as far as reviews go. Other one is not. And will either one of them be correct? Ooh, how about that for a tease? Um, that's all I got. Uh, <laughs> so that is a tease, sir. Before we get going to the show proper, I, I, I sprung this on you, but I think you'll be able to roll because uh, I just remembered it because I thought about it earlier in the day. I'm like, you know, we ought to talk about this, but uh, I think you can right. roll with this one fairly simply. Um, so is it we, Dunstan checks it's in? It's Dunstan checks in. No, we talked about that before the show. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring them into our personal conversations. <laughs> oh, man, that's the whole purpose. That's, Otherwise, I'd just record myself talking to myself and play true. back to myself. Well, what do you think I do on half? <laughs> <laughs> that's how I practice shows, everybody. Uh yeah, there is a weird narcissism thing to like. You're like, no, I'm checking for errors. No, it's like I love me. That's what it really. <laughs> no, it's not true. I hate myself. If anyone Any, knows me. Anyway, anywho, let's get on track. Let's, yeah. So back on track here. Yes, we are. We yelled out for that every once in a while. Um, so we lost a great filmmaker. Uh, a Sunday. Uh, Wes Craven died. Who Who knew he was fucking even sick? No one. That is like I mean, unbelievable. Well, it is unbelievable, but also I, I'm glad, right? Like, yeah. uh, I think sometimes some of that stuff is just far too public, and I, you know, 
Like his family wanted to obviously did not want people to know that he was sick. Um, it is going to be a little strange, uh, knowing that, uh, his last outing as a director was scream four. Um, yeah, but I, but I like scream four a whole hell of a lot. So I'm not I sad like, about it. I, yeah. So I like, like the majority of scream four. Do some more stuff, you know, I like the majority of scream four. And I think the stuff that I don't like, I don't think was his fault. I think that was a studio decision. So, well, fair enough. I, I, I like that movie more than two of the other screams. So, um, <laughs> he means the first one. He hates that. It's a piece of shit. I hate that one. That that motherfucker. <laughs> I don't need to be introduced to this ghost face. No, just thank you. A- just throw me in the middle of the fray. That's all I care all I about. Need is is Scream Two and the first scary movie, and that's all I need. And you can just wrap it up from there. Yeah, I don't even need Scream One, Three, technically even Four, but you know I'll take it. <laughs> anyway, so Wes Craven's dead. Yeah, I mean, and like, and that's the thing, and like, I, I you know, celebrities die as they're oft, uh, you know, I don't want to say want to do, but it does happen. And uh, this one, this one, I, I haven't been rocked like this since uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman died. That was the last really big one for me, where, you know, I, and it does, it doesn't happen to me a lot, where it's just like a celebrity comes in and just, you know, all of a sudden it's just like uh, the first one that ever really just rocked the shit out of me. Uh, was as a teenager or whatever, and my dad just, I was sitting in my room, and my dad comes in, and he just goes, uh, hey, um, Phil Hartman died. I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, his wife killed him and then killed herself. And mm-hmm. I was like, just fucking, like, I just, like, I was just, like, blank. And I just kind of, you know, I mean, this is the first time I ever remember, like, crying after hearing a celebrity's death. I thought that was, like, fucking insane that something like that could happen. And then uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know, had an overdose uh, last year. And, uh, like, that was another one that was just, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, he'd, he'd struggle with, uh, you know, you know, addiction and stuff. But none of us really, you know, it wasn't like it was, you know, front page news. That's why, you know, I was saddened when Farley died, but uh, it wasn't, like, a huge surprise to me. Because I'd right. heard, like, you know, like, I literally saw a thing, like, probably a couple of months ahead of his death on Entertainment Tonight saying uh, Chris Farley's, you know, friends and family and stuff want him to slow down because they realized he was kind of getting out of control with drugs and stuff. Uh, so his death didn't, like, shock me. I was like, wow, man, they kind of were, like, right on point with that. They kind of saw stuff coming and then it happened. So that didn't rock me too hard, but then, but Philip Seymour Hoffman is one that I didn't really know that he struggled with addiction like that. So that really kind of blew me for a loop. And then this one came out of nowhere, where it was just like, oh yeah, by the way, Wes Craven just you know he had like brain cancer and then just dies. Like wow, that's fucking unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And um, but I tell you what, there was a he was like if you've seen any like interviews and stuff with him, this is a guy who does like you know a lot of obviously horror movies is the big thing that he's kind of really known for. He's done a couple outside stuff as well, but that's the you know master of horror kind of thing that we all kind of recognize him as. Yeah. Well, he's like he really was. I don't know. Uh, so a buddy of mine who works in just the film critic circles, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, interviewed Wes Craven a lot, actually, over the past few years, uh, like, you know, 2011 and, and prior. Um, and, uh, you know, he always kind of didn't like being known as a horror director, yeah. even though, right, like, he wanted to do other things and kind of felt constrained by the system. And they let him do that, finally, uh, <laughs> after, uh, like, 40 years, they let him make this... Uh, 
this movie, Music of the Heart, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Like, like people should see that movie. And even like uh, non-traditional horror stuff, like Red Eye, which was more yeah. of a thriller, which was really, which I really enjoyed. That movie is a brilliant B movie thriller. Oh yeah, absolutely. Very amazing. kind of throwbacky to that old school kind of style right, and like, everything. So, so in uh, when he, when he, when Scream was going to be a trilogy, right? He didn't want to do the third one. Um, so the way that Dimension, uh, you know, Bob Weinstein got him to come back and do the third screen movie was, you know, he said, look, I'll finance music of the heart. And so he got to direct that in order, like in exchange for doing yeah. stream three. Um, but he was always happy and he, like he met with fans all the time and was always like apparently the nicest guy ever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, every interview, every like audio commentary and everything that you see with the guy, he was just a happy, just, just genuine person. I never saw, you know, you don't hear a lot of the, you know, Wes Craven is a monster stories. It's always, Wes is just the nicest guy. And for a guy who directed such, you know, kind of horrible and dark movies and stuff, to be just kind of this lovable kind of grandpa figure uh, is kind of awesome. Yeah. And just, everybody's just like, he's just a humanitarian, just a lovely, lovely guy. And like, I've just, it's sad that he's gone, but at least, you know, we all remember him uh, for the great movies that he's left us and, you know, such an indelible, uh, you know, reputation as a human being. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, most people don't know this because he, I mean, he started really early in like the modern horror genre of film uh, cycles that we know and love. Right. Mm -hmm. So in 72 last house on the left comes out Mm -hmm. and is like a sensation. Right. Uh, In, in many ways, some of them not good, depending on what, what part of the country you're in. Right. Yeah. Um, But not many people realize like Wes Craven was already like 32 (laughs) when that movie came out. Right. This is a guy who, like started late in life. And yeah, he just had a whole career have... and was a teacher and everything, mm-hmm. and then just decided to go off and make films. And and he did, and uh, he like made some amazing shit. Just flat out, you know, there are some things that are not as great, yeah. but uh, he is. I don't know, man. It's it's rough to talk about uh, somewhat because. Like as a as a guy who got into academia, right? Uh, somebody studying film and film theory and film history because of their love of the horror genre, right? Like I, I can't think of anyone as much as Wes Craven who's kind of uh, like influenced the trajectory of what I do, um, as much as he has, right? Like he, when I saw Nightmare on Elm Street when I was very young, right? It just blew my fucking mind. I, I loved it, right? It was it was one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen in my life. And uh, some of the movies that people think are just uh, like the weirdest, kookiest shit in, in the world that like they suck or whatever else, I think are flat out terrific, right? Like The Hills Have Eyes Part 2, for example, <laughs> right, is one of the most batshit crazy ideas for a sequel to The Hills Have Eyes that you could have ever had. <laughs> Right. You've seen this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, <laughs> like, uh, the girl from that film, uh, uh, of the cannibal family. And then the kid, Bobby, who saw his family murdered, right. Uh, are now like dating. Makes sense. And on a biker team and go back out into the fucking middle of nowhere 
and just re-encounter the family again. And it is the weirdest fucking sequel you could have ever thought of. <laughs> and it's and it's amazing. And nobody gives it credit because it's weird and somewhat cheesy. But you know what? Like, if you watch Hills Have Eyes and then you watch that back to back, you will have seen something, right? <laughs> uh, that is not unlike... Um, like like what Toby Hooper did when he made Texas Chainsaw 2, right? Oh, like yeah. Texas Chainsaw 2 is just batshit insanity. Well, yeah, that's... And, <laughs> and no Hills there. Have Eyes Part 2 is very much in that same vein. It's not quite as campy or like over the top, but it is just like, all right, well, fuck it, let's do this thing, you know? <laughs> and then they did it. Um, but yeah, like uh, I was really sad to hear about his passing this week and, uh, you know... I'll, probably have to make time this weekend to not be at dragon con for a minute and uh watch something yeah i mean like and and i'll say this like i was i was a guy who you know i I grew up i was you know i'll 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 be straight i was a scaredy cat little last kid no fucking doubt about it i will Mm -hmm. admit that all the way and then like as i grew a little older i was very dismissive of horror films because of just you know the bullshit that i put upon it right I became like, you know, like 15, 16, I really became like a big kind of, you know, movie buff and everything, but I very much dismissed the horror genre because I was just like, oh, I just don't really, you know, it's it's stupid, it's dumb, blah, 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 blah. And really, Scream actually brought me around to horror because I really looked at it and it, it and it stepped back and uh, what uh, you know what Wes Craven and, and Kevin Williamson did by kind of really deconstructing the whole thing and kind of showing me the cards and how that's a lot of what people thought at the same time too really brought me in and you know kind of opened up the door if you will for my you know getting to enjoy horror and then I you know I dove in head first and I was like oh I get it it's a you know it's a thing it's not you know you're never you're probably not going to be scared to death or anything and you, you watch these movies for the reason that you watch the movies and uh, I think Scream and, and like really helped me kind of go towards down that road because I was never really vested in horror until that kind of broke the genre if you will for me and then made me uh, just allowed me to accept it then for what it was and what it could be so i mean i i, I give him 100 yeah. percent credit for that for bringing me into a, a genre that i had completely written off because i didn't give a fuck so very impressive but uh awesome guy will be missed big time uh so let's Indeed. get into it have you uh watched anything of uh note as of well late? Well, basically, I've just been finally getting around to watching um, Bates Motel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm about half of the first season in, and it's really good. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I've been watching uh, Scream, but next week I want to talk about like the whole series and give a like series review of it. Okay. Um, so I don't really want to talk about that today. How I many eps are in that? Uh, ten. Ten? Okay. Yeah. Um, and they're all like 20 six ish minutes because they're on MTV. Right. Um, but, uh, anyway, uh, or no, they're an hour. So 46 minutes. Sorry. I was, uh, thinking half hours because I'm fucking insane. You're an idiot. You can say it. It's fine. Uh, you're in in good company. It's okay. Uh, It's true. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so I've been watching, uh, Bates motel. If you have not, check this uh, series out. I do highly recommend it. Uh, Vera Farmiga is really amazing as Norma Bates. Um, so 
I, th- I just, if you haven't watched it for whatever reason, I know that like the third season or whatever the fuck is coming up. Uh, but you know what? Like look at my watch list sometimes motherfuckers. And <laughs> you like, I watch a ton of shit and a lot of TV now. And, um, you know, I just got to take it when I can get it, which is not what she said. I wasn't uh, going to go there, but then I was, but I did not uh, like, I no, be classier, Adam. I will also say that uh, I did pick it up, but I haven't had a chance to sit down with it yet. Um, the uh, fucking Blu-ray for Mad Max Fury Road out today. Yeah, I, I just I realized it when I'd already gotten home. I was like, oh, fuck, I would have got that if, when I was out today, but I, I forgot. And, and Best Tuesday. Buy has a steel book that I think is already sold out entirely. Oh, bollocks. They do and, this shit that makes me so goddamn mad. And then the unemployed masses that are all fucktards and don't have any goddamn jobs to go to will get it at like 10 o'clock in the morning because, yeah, I'm looking at you, people. You know who you are. Got well, Guardians I, of the I Galaxy thing, you cunt. I went and got it at 10 o'clock. Fuck you morning. too, you old fucker. <laughs> but, but it is because Tuesday is my off day when I'm not teaching or like, <laughs> so like I'm just sitting around. Well, reading. I am going down to Atlanta this weekend. So if Matt can't find his copy, uh, I don't know what we're talking about. Well, I'm, I'm seriously thinking about just leaving that fucker wrapped. And <laughs> probably <laughs> and wouldn't be a bad idea. And selling it later. Um, probably wouldn't be bad. Um, just ordering another copy because I don't really give a shit. Yeah. And Target has a just so people out there know the landscape because I did some research before going to fucking buy the one. Because I want. everybody has their free shit or weird thing or Target is including two issues of the comic prequels that were released from Vertigo huh. uh, over the summer. So so when you buy it, it's like a smaller like Reader's Digest size. I was about to say, is it a print but, thing? But it is two full. It is two of the full backstory issues so like uh this summer for those of you who didn't pick it up um there were mad max prequel comics released after the movie came out uh by vertigo and there was one for furiosa one that focused on mad max or two of them a two volume set that focused on mad max himself and uh one issue that focused on immortan joe and nux and so you kind of get some backstory that isn't in the film, of course, right? Because the film just starts and is fucking action. Um, but this, they include the Nux and Morton Joe issue, and I think the first issue of the Max uh, series, the two-parter, okay. um, included in the Blu-ray. But that's a Target. So, you know, go check those shits out if you want to, people. Target. Um I haven't watched much of anything this week. I've been busy with all a lot of crap, uh, working overtime and stuff. Uh, so I just happened to peruse Netflix, and I'll, I'll, I'll point out a couple of things that you can watch on the Netflix for freezies and mm-hmm. uh, enjoy yourselves. Uh, the Skeleton Twins is out there now. Go check that out. That's a uh, that's a very nice movie. Uh, two underrated performances in a movie I don't think uh, not enough people saw, to be quite frank with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the other one? Skeleton Twins is great. Uh, another art housey, uh, you know, kind of flick here in Nebraska. That's also out. Alexander Payne. If you're an Alexander Payne fan, you'll dig this because that's what Alexander Payne does. And um, did you guys see that when it came out? Didn't we talk about that? Yeah, I think we did. I think we reviewed it. Fairly certain. Maybe. I remember talking about it with you. In any case. Yeah, yeah. And uh, holy well, fuck, Brewster. Oh, and by the way, if you if you listened to our Penguins of Madagascar movie and you didn't go see it, it's on Netflix now. So do yourself a favor, watch the thing, go listen to the review, vice versa, whatever you want. Go ahead and do it. It's a good time. Why don't you do it? Make it happen. 
get those downloads in. Get them downloads. You know, make even them. If you, even if you don't listen to it right away, go there, click and download it. It's ready to go whenever you get to it. Download it. Tell your parents about it. And that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. That's it. it. All right. So let's get into the show proper, Matthew. Here is the trailer for our first new release review. Here is uh, No Escape. ago I could not have pictured myself dragging my family to the other side of the world to start over. What if we don't like it here? I think we will. Welcome to Asia. You're gonna love it here. Shoot, I've accidentally paused it because I was trying to do five things at one time. Anyways, that's God the... damn it. Well, that's like, soldier. Fuck it. Ah, well, it's just the end. He just goes, we got to get to something or other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that was uh, the trailer for No Escape, our first new release review of this week. Here's the IMDb, IMDb plotline. Beer's already kicking in, kids. <laughs> in, their own, uh, in their new overseas home, an American family soon finds themselves caught in the middle of a coup, and they frantically look for safe escape in the environment where foreigners are, uh, are being immediately uh, executed. Boy, beer really has gotten... All of a sudden, I was just like, whoa, reading is a tough. <laughs> and I'm not good at it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, directed by uh, John Eric Dowell, written by John Eric Dowell and uh, Drew Dowell. No D- relation. With, with these, Dowdle. Dowdle? Really? Yep. Okie dokie. Uh, starring Lake Bell, Pearson Brosnan, Owen Wilson, a handful of others. Um... This movie did not do super, super amazing at the box office. Did open at number four, so quite a bit better than We Are Your Friends. Yeah, uh, well, and it and it was barely off of hitting the third movie, like number three. Yeah, right? which was like, Mission it, it was Impossible with, for crying out loud. It was within $40,000. Uh, $40, that's that's, that's <laughs> still pretty good, you know. Um, but, you know, it was it was still up against Straight Outta Compton, which is doing, like, another $13 million. So Gang that brings the total almost, like, as of today, I think it's one thirty five. Um, Wild. 
and then it opened up against uh, another big. Uh, I mean, nobody cares that this movie's out, but it did really well uh, because of what it is. But there's that uh, movie War Room. Which I don't even know that I, I like. And, I, you know, we go to the movies all the time. I don't think I've ever seen a trailer for this thing. I did, and I can't remember what I saw it in front of. Um, because, uh, so this is like a, a base, it's a religious drama, right? Tri-star, it's PG-rated. Yeah, so basically it's that... Um, Production, $3 million. Jeez Louise, that's not too bad to open up at number two at a three-bill budget. I don't care who you are. Yeah. That's not bad. Um, but basically it comes up with, like, uh, you know, people that open um, open themselves up to prayer. and uh, You anyway. could have saw the EDM movie, so I don't, you know... <laughs> in, in, in any case, that's what that movie is, but, right? No, Just so like, this one solves things. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's why that movie is a number two. These guys like, could have used a little bit of prayer in this movie. How's that for uh, <laughs> how's that for a transition? Not bad, huh? Segway. Uh, so yeah, Owen Wilson and his family and uh, Lake Bell there. So they play a a, a white family uh, moving to Thailand. Uh, so. Uh, he's taking this job overseas and everything uh, for a uh, kind of water purification project thing of some sort. Yeah, which turns out to be the same thing that like the U.S. does every like every fucking where alongside with, with like a lot of other countries from Western Europe. Right, we set up various international treaties that allow us to go in and help things uh, in a humanitarian way, and then uh, you know we fuck things up. Haiti, um, but. Um, yep. Just saying. It's fucking true. Uh, <laughs> just send your cash. That's all they say. Um, but so, yeah. First of all, I'm going to say this. Haven't watched the trailer, seen the trailer a whole bunch of times. It played a whole lot in theaters. Um, was not looking forward to this movie. Didn't think it would be very good. Uh, box office says not so great. Reviews on uh, the old Rotten Tomatoes there. Also, from critics, say not very great. I think it's rumbling at about a 40%. And mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you pleasantly surprised by this movie yeah it's good it's i really, like it's really f fun uh, yeah. it's a it's a solid thriller right uh which was refreshing it's almost no frills it's very straightforward it's not a lot of bullshit um, you don't hit you, there's not like a lot of like fucking bullshit intrigue and like what happens and where's all the real motivations and stuff and all this kind of like you don't get no. mired down in horse shit. No, I mean you find out of which you would if you were in his that, shoes. Like, well, you find out halfway through the film, right? Basically that uh <laughs> that Americans and like British corporations are there fucking things up. Yeah. Right? That's the plot. Like, like the citizens of this country decide they're done with their bullshit uh, autocratic ruler that we've installed and pushed into letting us take over some shit. Great. And, and then they go and, like, revolt and start killing Americans there. This is not, like, outside the realm of possibility. Uh, like, <laughs> No, because it happens. Because <laughs> it, it happens literally fucking happens. <laughs> and I know that there's something... Uh, like problematic and framing it as like a like a like white people are being put upon in this situation, but um, I will say like like Owen Wilson is not his character is not complicit, right? He doesn't even know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, he he almost um, seems like just a dullard who's kind of been like almost a face well, to put his, on this project. Yeah, well, and his and his 
business tanked, which is why he's there in the first place and all this other stuff, right? Um, and but Pierce Brosnan tells him as much, right? Like yeah. Pierce Brosnan is is uh, turns out to be the face uh, of the evil white guy in, in this movie, surprisingly. But enough. yet he's still just suave as all shit. Oh, yeah. God almighty. Uh, he's just like, I'm like, I'm watching this thing and I'm going... He needs to come back and be like a, a like a retirement bond, like a guy who's getting too old for this well, you shit. Know, like you know, a, Christopher like... Uh, Christopher Lee, no less, said that uh, Pierce Brosnan was the only actor who came close to the bond that's in Fleming's novels. I was about to say, I'll take Christopher Lee's words on shit like that. Uh, I, so, I'll take know, it so. for what it's worth. Um, no, uh, so anyway, back to this, uh, like just generally. Um, I like all of the performances. I think that one thing that they played really smart, and I think that that'll give this movie a long tail. Uh, hopefully, when it comes on streaming or like out for rental, people will pick it up and give it a shot. Um, is that all the stuff you see in the trailer is really like the first twenty to thirty minutes of the movie? That's what I was and, really surprised about. And after that, there's just so much more that happens, and it's all just as interestingly shot and like it's good. This like struggle for survival, where this whole town is basically trying to kill you and and hunt you down. This militia group hunting you down through the streets. Um, it's really fucking like good, man. Uh, I, I was surprised that uh, it has been as poorly reviewed as it has been, um, because I. I don't know. I look at something like this and you know what it reminded me of honestly was, uh, that, uh, movie with, uh, Timothy Oliphant and, uh, Mila Jovovich, um, perfect getaway, the David Toye film, right? You, you I, that? I remember, I remember, but I, I don't think I saw it No. Okay. That movie straight up balls out amazingly good. And and it works because it takes its kind of B-movie thriller roots and just runs with it, right? It doesn't have a pretense of being a prestige flick or being a, a major, uh, like, mind-blowing action-adventure blockbuster. It just takes what it does. It's kind of pulpy, kind of trashy, and runs with it. And No Escape works on that same level for me. Yeah. Um, where... You know, talking about Wes Craven and Red Eye earlier, right? Like Red Eye, this is a movie that knows what it is. It does what it does very well. And I think it should be seen. It's very uh, kind of uh, just taut and well executed. I, like, there are some really genuinely intense moments in here. Um, the thing is, is like, there's not a lot of fat on this thing either. No. There's really not. It's so... It's trim and concise to what it should be. It moves along at a clip, and when you're done, you're like, wow. I'm like, you don't feel like, oh, that's done already, but it's a very satisfying feeling at the end. And you think, I mean, and obviously listening to the trailer, I'll bet you're right in your mind right now. You're thinking, oh, here's where it's going to be, A, B, C, D. You're wrong. You're fucking yeah. wrong. Because I thought that shit, and I was fucking wrong. And I, I applaud the movie for that. Uh, for for kind of you know jumping my expectations, making me kind of think a little bit harder, and and really putting you in the shoes of these characters who everything seems fine. You're in a foreign place. You don't understand a lot of stuff that's going on. You don't speak the language, so it's really hard to communicate with people what's going on right now. And you're just out getting a paper, and all of a sudden you are in the middle of a fucking coup. And then it's like, oh shit, stuff's going down. And mm -hmm. really... 
you know, you're as you're as filled in as much as Owen Wilson's character is. And which is not a lot. You don't really know what's going on, and your only thought is, I have to protect my family and get them to, you know, safety and everything, and that's your goal. Right. And it works on, I think it works on that level as a movie. I think it works on a level uh, of a movie that talks about the United States and our foreign affairs to a degree. It doesn't yeah. get super heady, but it fucking, no. the statement is fucking there. Oh, yeah, it's uh, right there. Right there, the whole plot. Right? It's right it's, on fucking Front Street saying, hey, look at this. This is a thing we got to fucking think about. And I think we very much should. And uh, well, But it doesn't I, punch you in the it, face with it either, which I think is also nice. And I, and I completely understand like some of the apprehension that people have about this film, right? Because it, it doesn't predict or uh, it does not depict uh, the people in this country – Right. The, the citizens of I think it's supposed to be Malaysia that they're in. I thought it was Thailand. Um, well, or were they or is it? I or think it's th- supposed to be Malaysia. But, OK. But like what? It, it's non. It's not even mentioned. That, right? like, the no, they don't specifically say a country's name, but it's it's that origin, that, yeah. that, that area. And and, uh, you know, uh, but in any case, right, I know like, it was shot in Thailand. I think like, that's I what I'm thinking. I don't think that it depicts <laughs> it does depict. Uh, those citizens in somewhat of a retrograde. Uh, but at the same thing. time, I understand why they're upset. Well, and and I think that the movie does a good enough job of explaining that, like, no, what they're doing is how this shit should be handled. Maybe they shouldn't go after families and kill them, but, like, definitely taking action of some sort, right? Yeah. But I think that it's interesting to think through that play and how it plays out. Yeah, the main characters are white people, but they're also, if you're looking at it from the perspective of like what is ha- taking place in that country, like white people don't look so fucking good in context. No, and and that's why they're like, like you are on board with wanting that family to get out. But at the same time, they are very much seen as the white devil who's coming in to fuck up stuff. Mm-hmm. And 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 by all. By all you know, accounts for these people that are doing these actions, that's who they fucking are. They don't yeah. know that he has just been bought out by this other company and he's been slapped on as the you know the representative face for this. His face put on a fucking banner and therefore made a target for these people. Not that they were specifically yeah. going after him well, at first, but sure shit when they know who the fuck he is, they are. And so I think the one thing that kind of saves the movie for me in that regard is there's a great scene when they're trying to escape down a street on a moped Mm -hmm. and they come up against this big parading tour of, of people who are like, they're in the middle of a coup, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like these people are armed with machetes and guns and, and like going to various governmental offices and just taking out anybody. Yeah. Um, and you know, their, uh, moped falls over. And as they're trying to get up, like one of the guys notices that it's them, right? That this is the guy that people have been looking for, the white guy. Mm-hmm. And he just like, like doesn't tell anybody. Yeah. Right. Like, so I think with the intensity that that, that scene brought, not only, and then like the fact that he was just like, they got up and then they're like, Hey, you know, we're driving this moped in to, you know, head down to the American embassy and everything. They come across this crowd and, you know, while they're already kind of wearing disguises as it were stuff to cover them up to make them, you know, not be you know as visible as to who they actually are. His still thing was just like right through the middle. 
And it was just like, let's just yeah. kind of slowly bring this on through. And then it's just like, it's the old thing of like, well, you're up in the tree, and guess what? We're going to throw a fucking rock at you while you're in that tree because shit's going down. And you just have to get through that thing. And it's it's powerful, and it's fucking tense. You feel that? It's like you're going through going, oh, shit, are they going to get caught? Are they going to get caught? And then someone sees them, and it's like, oh, shit. And uh, it, it fucking works, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're tense, it's- and you're excited the whole time. And, like, I... I I haven't read reviews, so I don't know what these critics are saying, and my guess is it's probably going to end up a lot because art, artsy critics have a fucking way of doing this. They're going to be like, oh, it's we got, like you said, we got to save the white people. This is all well, about... The, the, is that what the they're saying? Show, I haven't read well, it. the word that shows up a lot is xenophobic, right? And mm-hmm. I do think that that is legit to criticize this movie on some level, but I also think about this, right? Like, uh... There's a lot of similar feedback and, and hullabaloo going back and forth right now uh, about the upcoming uh, Eli Roth movie, Green Inferno, uh-huh. right? And and its depiction of indigenous peoples. And, like, the, the problem with taking that worldview automatically is that it does not – like, you have to look at exploitation cinema – and that is kind of what No Escape is, there's right? A, there's, there's definitely a hint of it's, it, no doubt. It's it, a, it, it is in the lineage of, yeah. right? And and so is Green Inferno. In fact, like Green Inferno is named after the film within a film in Cannibal Holocaust, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in any case, uh, if you take that limited view, one thing that I've noticed time and again is that it completely negates the possibility of you um, coming up with a negotiated, richer reading of a cinema that already is pejoratively like denigrated by society, right? Yeah. Like, like exploitation cinema, horror films, and these kind of like B level thrillers are much more like politically interesting. I think to talk about on an academic level for me, than I think most other academics and even, uh, like mainstream film critics, uh, consider, um, mostly because like they would rather talk about, the political uh, like statements that are being made in films like by Godard and shit, yeah, and or or even something more mainstream like Selma, which is which is a great movie, and I don't I don't mean to like, no, criticize we, we it. No, we both we like, both gave it a fantastic review on this show. So, but like people will go and discuss that movie's inner workings and political neg- negotiations at some length critically, whereas here it kind of gets boiled down to. Um, the depiction of the of the minority is brown, bad. Brown people, therefore, bad. White people need to be saved. Right. Therefore, the movie is a bad object. But I don't think that that's always the case, right? Like, no. Um, uh, if right? anything, like, in like this in this movie, white people are very are very vilified in this movie, and are probably we don't know the machinations of everything, but are probably doing some really fucking heinous shit in this movie. Yeah. Well, that we don't fucking know about. Like things that are now considered like legitimate cultural uh, artifacts for minority cinema, things like black exploitation, right? Like black exploitation is full of this shit, where where it's like it's yeah, like black people are depicted as the main characters and they're the heroes, but they're also like junkie drug dealers and shit like that in those movies, right? And pimps, um, and most of those movies were made by white people. Oh yeah, most and, people don't even fucking realize that. And old, and that, old white Jewish men, half of them. And and that's not like 
that's not a, criti a criticism for me either, but I think if you're going to try to make cultural concessions because of the importance of something in one instance, like you have to start taking broader considerations of like how cinema is actually functioning on a political level and on a cultural level and what the negotiations between those politics and those different cultures actually are rather than just the surface level reading. I think that shit is just the most boring thing in the world to talk about. No, Matt, it's black and it's white and that's it. You're done. <laughs> You're wrong. You're dead I mean, wrong. <laughs> sure. Maybe, but like, don't, don't talk to me about it. Yeah. That's much as true. Uh, um, so yeah, that's, that's two surprisingly strong recommendations, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I, I think I think this one uh, is is a must see. I hope it ends up doing a little better at the box office. It's not doing terrible. I don't think. It no, no, that. no, no, no. Uh, the Weinstein's ain't going to release that, but it's probably dirt ass poor. I mean, because they, you know, yeah. they're 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 a frugal bunch over there, and they want you to cut as many corners as you can. And my guess is they probably did, and they probably and got I, like a lot I'm of. Sure they probably shot that thing for like nothing. Well, right, and I'm sure that it'll do well on the long tail. Like you know, FX or somebody will pick it up. Uh, and run it for a, a oh this is I was about to say this is a crazy thing you could show on like any you uh, uh, exercise a couple of things you could show this on television real easy yeah um yeah I mean it's not that it's not if we're as violent as it is it's not an extremely gory film. not really so on basic cable you'd be able to show yeah basic cable you just cut a few little snips here little snips there not much and you could easily show this I think I don't yeah. think outside of a little bit of language and maybe just a tiny tiny bit of violence this isn't any more intense and, than anything you'd see on twenty four. Or Walking Dead, even. Right? Not, like, oh, like not I, even close. I think, I think, at, you know, depending on the time that they showed, like they could just show the whole movie without making any cuts. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, depending on time of day. But anyway, yeah, highly recommend this movie. Check this thing out. Uh, I think it's worth your time if you're into exploitation cinemas and, and thrillers. It's well made, and it is thrilling uh, for whatever problem else, uh, other problems people might point out about it. Yeah. All right. With that, let's get into our last new release review of the week. Here is the trailer for uh, The End of the Tour. When I think of this trip, I see David and me in the front seat of his car. He wants something better than he has. I want precisely what he has already. David. Wallace. Welcome to Minneapolis. Uh, hi, I'm, I'm David Lewski. Oh, How are you? hi. Okay, David and David. We only just met. He's writing a piece on the tour. What's this story about in your mind? Just what it's like to be the most talked about writer in the country, that sort of thing. You're like a nervous guy, huh? <laughs> no, 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 I'm okay. How are you? Because I'm terrified. I gotta ask, what is with the bandana? I know that it's a security blanket for me whenever I'm kind of afraid my head is gonna explode. <laughs> if we ate like this all the time, what would be wrong with that? It's like good seductive commercial entertainment, like, uh, like Die Hard. Uh, first Die Hard? First Die Hard. Great yes. film. No, it's a brilliant the film. The best. Hey, isn't it reassuring to have a lot of people read you? I think if the book is about anything, yeah. it's about the question of why. Why am I doing it? And what's so American about what I'm doing? If um, they're responding to your work and your work is really personal, then reading you is another way of meeting you, isn't that right? That's so good. Thank you. I don't know why you mean to me. I think that if there's a sort of sadness for people under 45, it has something to do with pleasure and achievement and entertainment. Like a sort of emptiness at the heart of what they thought was going on. I don't know. I got a real serious fear of being a certain way. I treasure my regular guyness. You don't crack open a thousand page book because you heard the author is a regular guy. You do it because he's brilliant. What is with you? What is with you? 
I'm not so sure you want to be me. Just be a good guy. The more people think you're really great, the bigger the fear of being a fraud is. David thought books existed to stop you from feeling lonely. Living those days with him reminded me of what life is like. And the conversation is the best one I ever had. It's me talking as a tape recorder. I'm smoking. I haven't just said I wouldn't smoke. I'm smoking. Just me and your tape recorder. All right, everybody. That was the trailer for the end of the tour, our last new release review of this week. Uh, here's the IMDb plot line. The story of the five-day interview between Rolling Stone reporter David Lipsky and acclaimed novelist David Foster Wallace, which took place right after the 1996 publication of Wallace's groundbreaking epic novel, Infinite Jest. This is starring Jason Siegel, Jesse Eisenberg, Anna Klumsky, uh, Mamie Garver, or Gummer. What did I say? Anna Schlumsky is her name. Not Klumsky. Whatever. Look, I don't, I've it's had... It's the girl from My Girl, man. How do you not know her name? It's oh, is Anna that Schlumsky. right? Well, I'll be yeah. damned. I thought I thought half these people look familiar. Then we see uh, Mamie Gummer there, who we saw a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. uh, Ricky and the Flash, Joan Cusack, Ron Livingston, and a handful of others. This is uh, direct- directed by James Pondesolt? Pondesolt? Pondesolt, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, written by uh, Donald Margol- Mar- Margulies. Sure, that's it. Uh, all based upon the uh, book by uh, David Lipsky. Um, so, um, my guess is, Matthew. Yeah. You are the learned type. Uh-huh. If I was to venture, if I was to go 50-50 on a bet here, I'd say you probably read America, uh, Infinite Jest. You'd be uh, on a losing side of that bet. Shit. I was just like, I was like, eh, like I said, that's a 50-50 <laughs> shot. But I was like, oh. If there's anybody that I know who might have, it might have been you. Any any of my other friends, I'm going to probably say no. But no, I I uh, have read some of his uh, like essays. Ah, but you've at least read some work. But there you go. That's something. Some essays, right? <laughs> That's he, something. He, he, so he has. I will say this just to plug him. The the thing that I really like about. Uh, uh, about him is this one essay that I read that's about David Lynch and um, The Lost Highway, right? The film The Lost Highway. Uh-huh. And what's brilliant about it is he has it broken up into sections, right? And like you'll read through it, it's like 1A is the first section, right? And then there's like 2A is the next section. And then it'll go like 3B. That's right? that's from what I've heard, that's what his, uh, that's what Infinite Jest is like, is that you'll get going. And then you get to a point, and then there's like footnote stuff, and then you go to the back to well, read some footnotes, and then you read that shit, and then come back again. Yeah, of course. But so, so what's interesting here though is that there are like one A, one B, two A, two B, right? But they're all disorganized, right? <laughs> so, so you can read this essay one way, and it's like a straightforward, just him talking about David Lynch, Lost Highway, boom, 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 right? right. But then if you go and do like, instead of just reading the essay straight through, you look at 1A and then read 1B and then come back and read 2A and 2B and reorder it like that, it's a completely different essay. Huh. And uh, it's really brilliantly written. Uh, like, I, like I, there's part of me that has a, a pretty strong pushback against like uh, learned white literature. Uh, right. Like, like I will never fucking be caught reading a Jonathan Franzen novel. I don't give a fuck about <laughs> any of that shit. What makes right? you feel better? I don't know who that is. Um, he's you know, the corrections and all this shit, right? It, he's, he's like the, the guy who, uh, 
I mean, he's a fucking white literary novelist. I know right? who Jeff Johns is. Um, That's a white guy. Dr- yes, writes he is. comic books. He is, uh, and I and I have to say, probably an actual better storyteller <laughs> than most of these guys, right? But um, you know, like here here's the thing about this movie. Mm-hmm. So I'd not read anything. I had read some some essays. I'm familiar with David Foster Wallace uh, because he all he also like was a personality much to his uh, chagrin, mm-hmm. right? Like, like people knew him. Um, and so he'd get interviewed from time to time and I, and he was always kind of on my cultural radar. Right. Um, this movie actually makes me want to go back and read some of this stuff. And I think that's really weird because usually I don't ever feel that way. Huh. Uh, whenever I watch movies like this about, people right like very rarely do i watch a movie and go like oh yeah i'm gonna go back and now like read a thousand page novel (laughs) because of uh because of this movie um but i think knowing that the the conversation was all just transcripts right uh, of this audio recording that uh he had written this book like out of right Uh um like you really do get a sense of wallace and his idiosyncratic behaviors and neuroses um, that are really kind they add up and become a little insightful. This movie also has some problems. Right. And, uh, but before like, you know, you want to take it from there or talk about your experience watching this or, uh, well, I, like I, I know nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, it's been made a joke on this on every podcast I record. Adam doesn't read that much when I That's do not shit. You read both of, uh, you read both of Patton Oswalt's books. I did. Yeah. I've... So, you know, that ain't nothing, bro. No, no, I've read, I've read his, I do read books. I mean, from time <laughs> to time. Now, listen, most of them are nonfiction stuff because that's the stuff that interests me more than anything. Um, and because I, I'm a, I'm by by nature, kind of a multitasker type person, uh, I do listen to a lot of nonfiction audiobooks. I'm a big podcast fan, as one who does podcasts probably fucking is. Uh, so I do listen to audiobooks, and you know, I've as as much as I've been chided about it, I do count that as reading a book. It was read to me, but I got the information of what was in said book. I feel like I've read it. Fuck you, I've read it. As far as I'm concerned, um, but um, so I, I don't I don't know from from anybody for this. Uh, and I will say this, uh, this was a movie that, you know, obviously gotten plenty of acclaim and stuff like that. Uh, wasn't like on my radar per se. I mean, I like the actors that are involved and everything, but I was just like, I don't know what to expect of this. My guess is, you know, probably good. Just seems like an indie kind of thing. And, uh, I really enjoy the shit out of this movie. Um, uh, this is kind of, it's, it's not as, um, what, what, what's the fucking term I'm looking for here? It's not as a bottle. It's not like a. It's not like a bottle movie where it's only taking place in one thing, uh, but it is very much a. Uh, the the closest thing that I can easily identify this is maybe like you know kind of like in my dinner with Andre type thing, where the majority of this is two people talking and their conversations and what's going on. There's not a ton of action. There's not a ton of things that you know go on per se. There are some changes of locale. There are you know more than two people involved, obviously in many in many cases. But for the majority of the movie, it is these two people and their conversations about the about life, somewhat themselves as well, and and uh, Dave Foster Wallace's work. And yep. 
Uh, and here's the cool part is like, and not knowing from anybody in this, I enjoyed the shit out of this movie. I, I really did. Uh, I liked it even far. I like, I figured I was going to like it. Cause I, like I said, I do enjoy the actors that are involved with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed it even more so than I had thought. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a very interesting study. I think, um, I think Jason Siegel, um, maybe I'm speaking early. I think he should at least get a nomination for something. I agree. Because I think he did a fantastic job. No, and if you go and, uh, like, even just look at interviews with with uh, Wallace, like, he nails him, right? Like, he, he does sound like him, uh, mostly. Mm-hmm. And, like, really his mannerisms are down. Um, it's, it's, it is an amazing performance that I don't know many people would think Jason Siegel was capable of. He's a fine actor. Yeah. Always has, always has been like really dependable. He's done some emotionally, uh, difficult work, right? Especially given the, the fact that what we know him as is like a comedic persona. Exactly. Um, but here he really just like, he brings it to the table and it works immensely. And I think that he basically carries this movie um, just on how interesting he's able to make David Foster Wallace talking a whole lot. Um, that being said, I don't know that Eisenberg comes off as well. Not as not as amazing, and I feel like it almost... I, they get into it a little bit, I guess, but I don't feel like his character played out well enough for me. And, I, mm-hmm. and, and I'll mention this, and this, and here's the thing, and, and just to let you people know, hey, it can go all the ways around, people. It ain't just one thing. So we're going we're gonna to talk about looks for a second here. Uh, because, you know, they, they mentioned in this that, uh, you know, he's just like, hey, look, you're a good-looking enough guy. I don't think Jesse Eisenberg is, a, is an ugly man. He's not a horrid-looking man. But if you look at David Lipsky, the actual guy, he's a better-looking dude. He's not a bad-looking gentleman. So when you look at the David Lipsky, you're just like, oh, well, this looks like, um, you know who he kind of looks like. He kind of looks like old, uh, what's his nose there? Uh, what's his nose? Lo- lo- Loki. <laughs> Why is my brain fucking? Oh, Hiddleston. He looks a little like Hiddleston. Yeah, he's got some, he's got some Hiddleston. He's got a little uh, Hiddleston vibe going in there. And if Hiddleston would have been this, now, first of all, and no offense, Jesse Eisenberg, Hiddleston's a better actor than you. Uh, but it is true. Um, but Hiddleston, I could have like, I could have seen like that number one that comment going to, and number two, I, I think he's a better actor. But that's just me. I don't think Eisenberg's terrible by any stretch of the imagination. It doesn't feel he has a lot of Jesse Eisenberg performance in this, which is to say it's guarded. To say I don't feel like I know this guy at all. Mm-hmm. It feels like they tried to tell me things about him, but I never felt that way about him. Yeah, well, and here's the other thing. Like, we just saw Dave, uh, Jesse Eisenberg in a movie last week. Mm-hmm. And I think his performance in that movie, much better than this one. Well, at least in that one, it's more of a performance. This is a lot like, if, if we're to kind of compare Jesse Eisenberg performances, uh, this is more social network. Yeah. And this kind of like, you know, Which aloof, is also a, a movie little... that didn't work for me because, because of it, right? Like, I know people... Uh, God, I, I'm going to hear this shit if somebody <laughs> hears this. Anyway. No one listens to this show. I don't, <laughs> it's okay. Let it out. <laughs> but, I, but I don't fucking care about social network, right? Like, I saw it, and I was just like, yeah, it's got some good dialogue. 
<laughs> but but I don't give a shit about that movie. I didn't think the performances were particularly great. I think that Fincher, much as I like the guy, like really needed to step up his fucking style game in that movie uh, because there was nothing going on that uh, you know I would reasonably call anything like a, vi- a visual style. Um, well, certainly not it, compared to what he normally does. Right. Um, and just, I, uh, man, that movie is a bummer to me because mm. I like everybody involved and then it just added up to a big pile of like, well, yeah, I guess Zuckerberg's a dick, but we <laughs> knew that. So cool movie, bro. Yeah. Um, and, and here it does have that kind of same performance tone to him, right? Where it's just a little like not enough. Just not enough. Um, it feels like we should see bad, more of him. It's not bad, but like, open up just a little bit, bro. Yeah, it it it, it seems cagey. It doesn't seem like. I, I I don't know when there there's a scene in the movie where you know he he's talking with other ladies, and we we learn that his character has had kind of a dalliance with with ladies, uh, long distance relationships. Right. And, um, you know, so it, it also kind of seems like <laughs> there's another thing that doesn't kind of work. It, they almost kind of play him like he's a little bit of a ladies man, too, where he <laughs> just kind of goes off and just kind of like, hey, I'm going to have a couple dalliances here or there. He just doesn't strike me as that dude. Now, you right. say Tom Hiddleston's that dude. I'm going to buy that. Yes. I'm going to buy that all day long because that cat looks like he could just go out and charm the pants off a lady. I just I, I buy that a hundred percent. I don't see Jesse Eisenberg walking into a room and just kind of commanding a presence. I just I just don't. And you know maybe they're I I don't know Lipsky personally. I don't know his personality or anything. I'm just going by the way that the cat looks today in the picture that's on the IMDb's and what you know what he what Jesse Eisenberg looks like and you know right. whatever have be that as it may whatever you will. Um, but um, it, it, it's okay. But it's 100% Jason Siegel rules this movie and uh, thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. Yeah. But but I think I think the movie moves along at a great pace, uh, def- despite the, you know, the, as, as some people would think, despite the fact that it's two people talking for, you know, what, was it an hour and a half or two hours? I don't know how long. It's yeah, probably two hours. close to two hours. Yeah. Uh, so for people that are essentially talking for two hours and it remains, you know, engaging and entertaining. To find a lot of movies that can do that is very difficult. It, it, there's just not out there, especially, you know, as far as American cinema goes. Um, yeah. You don't see that a ton. And if they do, they don't really do it all that well. There's few and far between. Um, but I got to say, overall, overall, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, <laughs> will it make me pick up Infinite Jest as a book? <laughs> Probably not. Will it make me listen to the audiobook? I've contemplated it. Let me give you an idea, because I looked it up. 56 hours. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think the highest audiobook I've listened to was maybe 24. Well, and, I, so. and it has to be a weird audiobook, too, because, uh, like, the I don't even know what it's about. Like that. Yeah, but the experience of reading something, like, because it's an experimental novel, right? Well, that's like, what Siegel says, because I listened to his uh, KCRW, uh, was, it, was, it, was, it, yeah, it was KCRW, it was with uh, Elvis Mitchell. And mm-hmm. he was talking about the book, how he had not read the book prior to the uh, to getting this role, and so he figured, hey, I, I got this fucking role. I need to read the book. I need to figure out what it's about. Yep. And he's just like reading the book. He's like, I don't suggest getting it on an iPad, which would be what I would do. Uh, <laughs> he's like, you got to have this thing. It's like fucking four pounds worth of book. 
mm-hmm. you know, it is, you know, a little friend that you're carrying around here. And he talks about that kind of like reading a bit, getting to a point, getting to a footnote. You're like, you know, 50 pages in. Then you go all the way to the back of the book and you feel like you've kind of accomplished something. But then you have to switch all the way back to where you were begin- at the beginning and then kind of restart back where you were kind of delving into this. It's very much an in for a penny, in for a pound. You hear it a bit in the trailer there about how like, you know, you don't just crack open a thousand page book for somebody that you think is just like, oh, he's a good enough writer. You go in for, you know, some genius unless, level shit. Unless you're going to read fantasy novels. Then again. <laughs> and then, then, then you're going to probably read a lot of shit. As much as true. <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, um, but I was impressed. I was impressed enough to at least, you know, contemplate getting that as an audio book. Whether I will or not, it's, you know, I do have a four hour trip to Atlanta this weekend, but I think I'm going to be listening to another podcast or two. So if we're going to be frank. Hey. Uh, you're going to be traveling to Atlanta for 56 hours. Jesus. <laughs> just enough time. Just enough time to squeeze, it, squeeze in. it in during the people watching there at Dragon Con. <laughs> I'll just watch it straight through the week. Yeah, you'll just sit there, headphones on, hanging out at the balcony at the fucking Hilton. Just watching people. Oh, look, there, there's a midget Spider-Man. What's How about up, midget that? Spider-Man? You're back again. High year. five, midget Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, or that's just all over you, ain't hey, it, baby? What, what's up, Dave Chappelle Prince? Glad to see her back. You were the best guy there last year. How's it going, man? That guy and, was amazing if the fact he wasn't like 6'5". <laughs> well, yeah. And and, and he, he looked nothing like Prince or... Right? And, like, he was just this large, handsome black man just dressed up as Dave Chappelle as Prince. Carrying a <laughs> Spalding basketball. It was on point, though. That so fucking costume was on point. It was anyway. good. So yeah, and the wig and everything was just fucking perfect. You'll do that while you're like, you know, just people watching. Yeah. Just sit there, headphones in. So if you see me at the Dragon Con with the headphones sweet, in, dulcet tones, sir. Come out and find me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. I'd say uh, I, I'm giving this thing a strong recommendation. I I'm gonna give it a very strong recommendation too. I think it's uh, amazingly well uh, shot, uh, directed. We didn't even talk about any of that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Siegel, one hell of a performance. Yeah, go see this thing. It's good. Do it, people. All right, so that is it for us this week. Now, uh, next week we don't have a lot. Uh, there's the Transporter sequel. Definitely seeing it. Is it a sequel or a reboot or both? Yes. Good. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been wanting all of those it is, things. It is the Transporter. And he is refueled, sir. Oh, it's so diff- he's... It's a different character. So he's I, gone to the gas station. I think. Let me, let me double I thought check. his character's name was Frank in the thing, or is it... Is I'm it wrong. still Frank again? I thought I saw... Yeah, Frank Martin. It's still the same guy. Well... Well, there's a mistake number one. Oops-a-daisy. Well, what are you going to do, right? Uh, so we'll be watching that. Maybe something else. Maybe we'll talk about. Maybe we'll get a chance to see some uh, short films or something in Dragon Con. I probably won't. Uh. <laughs> no, I probably won't either. But hey, we saw. Hey, we could have talked about the thing that we saw last year. <laughs> you remember I that? Don't, I don't want to talk about that. Thing. I don't either. But yeah. that'd be something that that'd be something um, of which we could talk about. I will. I will say the one thing that I'm looking forward to in in the transporter refueled is uh, Ray Stevenson. Okay, yeah. It well. is cast as uh, the Elder Frank. Are you eating glass, sir? Yes, he is. I'm Ray Stevens. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Not, not Ray Stevens. Ray Stevens. Oh, shit, we didn't play the goddamn... 
Well, you got time to edit. I got time to edit that. Okay, <laughs> I forgot about that. Anyway, good deal. Guys, that's a that's a that's a that's a sneak peek for next week's episode of HMP. We're going to be reviewing Punisher Warzone, and guess what? Um, the ending song is going to be amazing because <laughs> I got time to edit that shit in, so it's going to be dope. Anyway, so stay tuned for that. So uh, yeah, where can uh, people find you on, online? Huh? Uh go to the. F- Film find. I uh, don't go to thefilmfind.com. I haven't resolved that shit yet. Go to the tumblr.thefilmfind.com. That where you can find tumblr.tumblr.com. Whatever. It's all the same Tumblr shit. Tumblr in the middle. Just type in the film find into the Googles. You'll find it. Get it? <laughs> all right. That's enough of that. Uh, and of course, here movie podcast, here movie podcast.com. Uh, follow me on the Instagrams, the Twitters. Um, we're going to be periscoping this weekend. It's all Dragon Con weekend, so it is going to be balls fucking crazy. Uh, so if you want to see some wild shit, fucking follow me up. I'm going to do most of it on Hero Movie Pod because most of the people, I got more followers over there. Um, so go follow us on that. And Matt's going to be there. I'm going to be there. And we're going to be uh, doing that. Hit us up on the tweets. We'll meet up. High fives will be given out freely. Uh, and all that cool shit. So, uh, do that. It'd be awesome. Uh, so that is it, everybody. Until, um, you know, maybe to, I don't know, a date with which things will happen. <laughs> well, and you guys can follow me on Twitter. Oh, yeah, your shit. Where are you at? I don't, you know. Listen, you're I'm trying to find the music for the end of the show. I'm trying to do four things at once. Go. <laughs> well, you're also used to going last. That's true. Uh, that is true. So you can follow me at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith, uh, conspiracymediatheory.tumblr.com. And uh, one recommendation I'll make online, go to Google right now as you're listening to this What's because it will be taken down. It oh. will be taken down. It will be taken down. Go to Google. Consequences of Sound, Prince Purple Rain, video of the first time you ever played the song live it is also the recorded version that shows up on the album it is a must watch a must watch sir so go and watch that. why don't you head your ass down to the to the googles youtube that shit well it ain't on youtube it's on something else it's through something else that hopefully prince will be slower at being able to get down his minions he, are out in force man he i've does seen not him. play that shit he's got a couple so of the He's got a couple of the little guys. They're just kind of combing the internet, putting DMCA's on everything, just going, no. (laughs) So uh, that is it, everybody. Until next week when we talk about the transporter and God only knows else what. For Matt Smith, I'm Adam Portress. Take it easy, everybody.
good stuff, man. So that was a thing that we did. I'm going to see Turbo Kid tomorrow night. It's been described as Mad Max meets BMX Bandits. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know what it's about. I don't see no trailers for it. I don't want to. But it's part of Back Alley Film Series shit. It's going to be great. I don't want to see it either. So, cool. But uh, Oh, wait. That's not what you said. No, no. <laughs> I think you'll be sadly mistaken. Uh, uh, but uh, So, here's a fun thing. Have you been keeping up with this thing? Uh, the Kardashians? Uh, no. No. Have you been keeping up with this thing where the court clerk will not fucking issue marriage licenses in Kentucky? Uh, yeah, I've seen this. Uh, here's... I don't even I'm not going to like proselytize any shit right now but this line that I just read earlier today in US News World Report is one of the funniest fucking things I've ever heard, uh, seen <laughs> written about a hypocrite in, in my whole life right, yeah, right. So uh, for those of you internationally or who who may not have kept up with this the whole thing is that this woman will not issue marriage licenses even though that is the only thing she is supposed to do She just issues does she even like she doesn't perform she issues the licenses. Okay. She doesn't have to, right? She signs the paperwork and files it for the fucking county. Oh, right? well, I thought That's she was. She does. I thought they were like asking her. And I'll, I'll plead ignorance. No, I thought they no, like were asking, hey, perform the, the thing. Oh, well, no, shit. That's even worse license. than I thought. Yeah, no. It has nothing to do with. It is, will you t give me the paperwork and then will you file it as your job? I like mean, I thought it was bad. That's worse than I thought it was. That's really bad. Yeah. So, so any fucking way. Wow. Uh, the whole reason she won't do this is because she's like, "Oh, I'm a Christian, and like that's against my beliefs." Well, apparently, she's only been apostolic Christian, which is like literal interpretation of the Bible, yeah. right? Um, for like four or five years, and so this line uh, about her previous marriages, uh -oh. uh, she's been married uh, four times. Oh. Before, but this thing is funny as shit. So here it goes. This is a quote <laughs> from the article from us news and world report. She, uh, meaning Davis gave birth to twins five months after divorcing her first husband. Ooh. They were fathered by her third husband, <laughs> but adopted by her second. Davis worked at the clerk's office at the time of each divorce and has since remarried for a fourth time. All right, lady, you got no right pointing fingers at nobody. <laughs> like, oh, so so you your third the guy you've married after your second husband is the guy who gave your who fathered your twins while you were still married, and then you gave birth to them after you got a divorce, married another dude who adopted them, and then eventually got around to marrying the the dude who knocked you up the first time. Don't throw stones in glass buildings, people. It's this is not the moral smart. of this thing. It's anyway, not smart. I know, I know that has nothing to do with the movies, but I thought that that shit was so fucking Kentucky uh, <laughs> that it had to be shared. Kentucky <laughs> so, 100, motherfucker. <laughs> it is like it is like the fucking parent Olympics up in that motherfucker. It is great. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I thought it was dumb in the first place. You made me realize it's even dumber than I thought it was. Wow. Yeah, literally it's just... It's not like they're it, saying, the no. you know, you have to marry these people. No, she has to sign that they like filled out the paperwork and file it with the court. That's it. Okay, so like, and and I was gonna and like you know while I don't agree, I was gonna come to at least kind of her defense to a degree and just be like, look, I mean, where I thought it was kind of an iffy situation, like, hey, because again, I'm just going on 100 percent ignorance up in here, mm -hmm. but I was thought like, oh well, 
I can understand if she didn't want to, you know, be forced to marry those people if it's against your religion. I'm like, you know, that probably shouldn't be your job being there and having to do that. So you should probably rethink your position as to what you do for work if that's going to be a thing that comes up. So maybe you should rethink that portion of your life. But, I mean, I can understand. It's like, yeah, I don't think that you should have to do something that your religion says that you shouldn't have to. But at the same time, they and, and at the same time, I don't... It's not right for them to fire you for your religion type thing because it, it wouldn't, you know, if it were something else, if somebody, you know, another thing, it wouldn't be a thing. But it's not even that. No. It's just like, lady, sign a piece of paper. At that yeah, point, it, I just don't know why they don't kick are, her to the curb. You are a clerk of court. That is your only job is to file the things that are filed with You're the court. You're just filing things. You're not the person that married them. But you filing this, you know, doesn't, you yeah. know, that's just anyway. silliness. Anyway, silly. Um, yes. Anyway, who are we going to see? <laughs> what is your what, what is, is your, your prediction? What is your, what what is is your, your dragon contest? Yeah, what you, this is what's your dragon con? <laughs> My guess. Well, first of all, we see enough of them as it is. Do you think the Deadpool quotient will be up this year? Oh hell yeah, gotta be up, right? It, it might overtake Finn and Jake's. Oh, Finn and Jake's are the worst. The but worst I, I fucking cheap shit I didn't do any homework costume. Fuck well, those people. So are Deadpool things now because Yeah, but at least with just, Deadpool you put on some stuff. With yeah, them they're true. just like I bought a knit cap and I'm wearing a gray it's, shirt. Fuck you. <laughs> um I am wondering though, uh since people are kind of down on the current season of uh or the last season of Doctor Who, if there will be as many girls in TARDIS dresses thinking that they're cosplaying this year. Oh I hate the TARDIS dress costumes. The TARDIS dress is is way lazier than even the Finn and Jake stuff. It's the worst. I bought a sh- <laughs> like ugh. I bought a dress that is I bought a dress of design. La di da. Look at me, I'm cosplaying. I got a little tiny TARDIS hat on. Fuck you. You did nothing. In, meanwhile, this motherfucker over here like went out and built a robotic Dalek. He's in a fucking <laughs> robot, goddammit. And he hired a midget. Yeah. <laughs> He put a midget in this motherfucker. He don't even want to be here, this midget. But he's hired to do so. Uh, and he's driving around. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what's... Uh, just, a lot of good people, though. But do, no, Doctor Who is going to be out in force because we got uh, we got River Song coming. Uh-huh. Oh, I, I'm, I'm saying that... I'm just saying, like, the po- oh, general popularity dipped a little this past season because of the changeover. Well... And and so I think like there won't be as many girls in TARDIS dresses. I think that the contingency will still be there. Right. Like the people who have watched Doctor Who forever will still be Doctor Who and the shit out of that thing. But I, I think hopefully if there's like a blessing, what's it your, might be that what's TARDIS your finger on the surprise? What do you think is going to be the surprise costumes this year? What do you think that's going to that you think's going to bubble about to bubble about to burst that we might see burst at this show? Uh, well, I mean, I, I already think like you're going to see a lot of people who are just uh, dressed like Chris Pratt in Jurassic World. Mm. I'm going to call that. No, shit. you're 100% right. 100% because it's easy. Which basically means they're dressed like Indiana Jones. Exactly. It's going to be easy. No, you're, you're 100%. So I, that's I a great call. Of that. Great call. Uh, I Outside of that, I don't know. Um 
Yeah, no clue. That's a really I, that's a really good thing. And then just and then a host of people like then they're all going to be posing for the pictures where it's like back off, hold them down, hold them yeah. down. It's going to be mm-hmm. like no, hundred percent correct. That, uh, what do you think is going to be? A, that's a that I hadn't thought about that, but I think you're right. I think that's going to be the breakout this year because it's easy. Yep, because it's easy. Yeah, I mean, the other th- the other thing I've noticed uh, rising in popularity just over the past couple of years, and granted, this, the third season just finished up, right, uh, is uh, Orphan Black. I think we're going to start seeing a little more of that because it's getting bigger. Um, but I don't think it's going to break big. I just I, think it's going to be a fandom that continues growing. I have seen it on the decline, and I think, I'm to guess, that the decline will continue... I'm predicting the, de- 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 the continuing decline of steampunk. Oh, thank God. Oh, yeah. oh you darn tootin'. Yeah. Uh, so I, I that's mean, what I'm like predicting. I've, I've read a couple of steampunk books. I have no fucking desire to claim that as a fandom. I I see it. I see it plummeting down. I'm hoping it's even more obscure this year. But when was I, it? Like four years ago was the biggest. Four years that ago was, was big. Yeah. That was the peak. That was when like people showed up as like the DCU. Yeah, there was like, it was like ridiculous. Yeah. Um, And it's been slowly waning. Last year, I think, was the lowest year that we've seen it. I predict this year at least that low, if not lower. Yeah. I think think you're right. Though it still has one of the best jokes I ever heard, like on the fucking parade commentary, which at this point, because of that, I will will only watch the parade in my hotel room. (laughs) Because of that joke was so goddamn good. Here he goes, here's all the... uh, Here's all the uh, the steampunk kids. A lot of goggles with steampunks. Yeah, but most of them put them on top of their hats and stuff. They don't wear them. You know, I guess they're just for decoration. That or they do nothing. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, such a deep fucking, like, just grazing over the surface of your knowledge Simpsons joke. That was just like, you fucking animal genius. Fuck you. Perfect. I was just like, I'm only doing this from in here from now on. And they didn't make a big deal of it. It just kind of went in. It was such a just, mm, that's for you fans. So good. So good. And that, you don't have to, the, the parade's getting fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I, I can't, and it's too hot. They changed the route this year. Has it, well, it was changed last year. No, I mean, they, they changed, changed it again? again. Yeah, to a bigger thing. Jesus H. Now, what's the weather? Is it cooling down a little bit? It's cooling to touch here. It is a little bit. It's been really hot the past couple days. Uh, I think it's supposed to be cloudy and overcast uh, much of Saturday, which may lead to rain. But it's, it's well, as long as it's just like a little reprieve now and then. God Almighty! Yeah, it's so well, hot. Uh, I wish this was in like October. We're, we're, well, we're I just... hope that one of the people still listening can come. Anyways, <laughs> so, thank you, people. Uh, we're gonna take invisible pictures with Bruce <laughs> and post them up on the thing. Yeah, uh, be there. So uh, we'll probably record. We'll record something while we're down there, and then uh, splice it into the next show. Yeah, it'll it'll happen, and it'll be on. Uh, and fun. we're and we're doing so, we're do Periscope for sure, hundred percent on the Periscope. So, all right, everybody.